Welcome to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This is where we blur the lines between business, nonprofit, and impact. Social entrepreneurs in our community share their stories of how they are changing the world and building a legacy of health, wealth, happiness, and wellness. I'm your host, Wendy V, along with my co-host, Rodrigo Bravo. Together, we're social entrepreneurs building a collective of impactful humans who are going to make this world a better place. We hope you'll join us. Here's today's episode. Hey, social entrepreneur land. This episode is for you if you are still trying to figure out who is your ideal client. And even if you know who that is, you probably need to know how are you gonna meet up with this person. We are here to give you the best tips from our journeys on how you can connect and manifest your ideal client right now. We are here today to talk about manifesting your ideal client. And that can be in two different ways because in this club, we have people who are nonprofit leaders. We have people who own their own business. And then we have people who work for other people. So there's a lot of different options of what that means when you're manifesting your ideal client. So I didn't want to leave anybody out. I wanted to make sure that folks had the ability to identify with the topic according to what they do and to bring their own conversation about this um, about this topic. So that that's what we're doing today. Hey, Latoya, I see you. Hey, Tiffany, I'm excited you're here. I'm gonna invite you guys up. And there are definitely more people um, who are gonna come to this stage as well as we have the conversation. I think Rodrigo should be in here in a second. So cool, cool. Well, good to see both of you. First of all, how are you guys doing? So let's do a quick check-in and then um, we'll get started on the topic. Hello, I'm excited. We're, we're gonna be digging into this manifesting your ideal client. It's been work that I've been doing even more of. I've doubled down on this in the last couple of months, trying to um, hone in on the practices that we're, we're embodying in our lives and as well as in our uh, outward facing content. And I'm excited to hear what you have to add, Wendy, so I can add that to my list of things that I'm working on and also just contribute some concepts that um, we've been learning as we've been investigating this and, and practicing it. So I'm excited about having the conversation today. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Hey, Tiffany, how are you? I'm good. It's funny. <clears throat> this is exactly what I'm working on is manifesting better clients, especially for my real estate business um, and, you know, manifesting the right people to fund my nonprofit. So I that has been in my prayers and in my focus. So this is perfect. Cool. And I shared the room. So if you guys want to share the room, feel free to, and then we will get the conversation started if we check in with Rodrigo and Toyan. Welcome to the stage. So Rodrigo, how are you? We're just checking in real quick and then we're going to start talking, but feel free to say hi. Hello, everybody. Uh, just happy to be here as always, Wendy. Uh, I, I had a fantastic weekend. I was in Houston. I uh, got to see my oldest, hung out with him, dropped off my youngest with his mom. Uh, just to get and gave everybody a, a you know, background. I, I've always been a great dad and um, I never thought I was a weekend dad. And my son now, he's 17 now and he's lived with me for the last year and a half. And I realized how hard this whole time, I've realized now how hard single moms have it. And this week I do not have my son with me. And instead of partying and instead of like going out and doing this and that, I am right now in my boxers watching a YouTube video while I talk to y'all. And it is fantastic. 
<laughs> just the fact that my son is not here bothering me with some question or this and that, it really just offers uh, perspective more than anything. Uh, I've, I've grown to appreciate the sacrifices that uh, my uh, my son's mom, uh, both of my sons, I have two boys and they both have different moms, the sacrifices they, they, they've made. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a great weekend, but glad to have the next week off from uh, my youngest. <laughs> It's like a vacation from your kids' spring break. Um, hey, Santi, let's go to you, and then we'll go to Toyin real quickly. Um, how? Just checking in with everybody. How are you? What, what's going on with you? And then we're gonna start talking about manifesting your ideal client. I'm doing well, and good afternoon, everyone. Good. I hope everyone had a happy and healthy weekend. Um, yeah, everything's all good over here. Just you know, working and maintaining. Um, this weekend was pretty exciting because uh, we are planning my daughter's quinceanera. Um, I can't believe she's almost 15. Um, and it's crazy because I'm like literally six weeks ago, we had a conversation, uh, myself and, and her mom, my ex-wife, we had a conversation about it and we kind of just came to the conclusion that we're going to do a sweet 16 because of, we didn't know what was going to happen with this Omicron variant variant and like the numbers were spiking. And so a lot of uncertainty with that party because she's literally turning 15 in seven weeks. So again just kind of like trying to figure everything out and yesterday we had a conversation we're going to push it to july and we're just trying to get all the parts in order to put this thing together but for me it's a little surreal that you know my whole life um right from like right out of high school when i started working in politics to like being in in the real estate game by myself and military wise and all that shit. um excuse my language ladies um i was always the young guy in the crew like i was always the, the young buck and now you know, I have a 15 year old, almost 15 year old that um, that we're celebrating this this huge milestone. So very excited, you know, as, as Rodrigo and Wendy know, um, I'm a huge daddy, you know, daddy's girl sort of guy. So for my princess to, to just kind of be hitting this milestone, I know that I'm already practicing because I know I'm going to be balling out <laughs> for, for like the daddy daughter dance and all that good stuff. So very excited about that and a lot of good stuff. So thank you. Cool. Congratulations to you for keeping your child alive for 15 years. That's a plus for sure. And Rodrigo, you for, for managing yours solo for the last year. That's a lot. Um, so Toyin, how are you? We'll keep checking in with everybody and then we'll get started. I'm going to invite Jessica to the stage. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first time here. I'm joining you from Chicago. It's been a busy week already, but I'm, I'm happy to just relax and learn and hopefully share um, as well in the room. Thank you. Oh, glad to have you. Make sure you join the club if you don't already and follow all of us in here so we can find you and connect again. Hey, Jessica, how are you? And um, we'll get started right after you with talking about manifesting your ideal client. So if you want to roll into manifesting your ideal client and some thoughts in your update, and then I'll go right after you and say some stuff. We'll kind of then just popcorn it. Um. No, it's okay. You can go ahead. I just kind of came in. So, <laughs> all right, cool. So, yeah. So, do you want to do your check in? I want to say hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> She's so funny. Okay. So, yeah. So, when I wanted to talk about this, because it, to me, I somehow accidentally manifest my ideal clients. So, in bringing this topic up in the conversation, I wanted to hear what people have been doing to purposefully manifest their clients. Because I, a lot of the times I find 
that there is intuition involved for me. And it's hard sometimes when we're in this space, I try to describe to you guys what intuition works, how it works with me. But a lot of the time when I'm trying to eventually get to the people that I really want to serve, it takes conversations and networking and connecting with people and those people knowing what I can do and then those people connecting me to these other people. And so a lot of the time for me, it's, okay, well, where do I need to be or what conversations do I need to be in to connect with the people who are going to connect with people? And a lot of the time, it's just a random occurrence for me. I'll literally open an event bright and be like, oh, there's a networking event. And then I'll go to that networking event. And then that person will introduce me to like five other people. And then I'll be in another place with five other people. And so I was trying to think of, well, one, I might be manifesting the opportunity to meet these people. But then two, there's several other parts to it because I have to actually step into the opportunity and go to the thing, right? So I physically have to do some work or I have to put some effort in there. And then on top of that, once I'm there, I have to show up as my authentic self because then that's going to attract me to the people that I need to meet. And if you guys haven't read the Celestine Prophecy or the Alchemist before, this is totally based off of those books. So just stick with me. But if you read it, you're going to totally get it. So energetically, and I work with energy a lot and do Reiki on a regular basis. So energetically, I can connect to people very easily. This works both in good and bad ways, right? So in the good way, when I enter into these types of rooms, there are people that I automatically feel pulled towards and that I just go up and say, hi, I'm Wendy, what's your name? Or hi, I'm Wendy, I, I'm a business coach, blah, 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 whatever. And I introduce myself and then I just say, can I talk to you? What's, what's going on? Can I sit at your table? Can I chat with you? What's up? Blah, blah. And every single time I've done that, it's done a couple things for me. One, people are amazed that I just walk up and talk to other people. <laughs> this is apparently a skill that everybody has. But two, um, I notice that people invite you into their space when you come in with an inviting tone, I very rarely in these kinds of situations have a, has there been an occurrence of somebody being like, no, you can't sit at my table. So a lot of the time when I'm in the space, I try to find those energetic connections that I know are going to be something that I want to explore further. And it could be, I just happen to catch somebody's eye. It could be an outfit that looks that I look at and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It could be something about the way that they're talking to another person, body language, things like that. So when we're physically in person, it's easy to pick up on different cues that are going to energetically bring you to the people that you need. So for me, a lot of the time it's manifesting the opportunity, then me going to the thing. Then when I'm there, I'm manifesting the people that I'm supposed to be talking to. And then once I make those connections, there's this follow-up that has to happen because you can meet a bunch of people all day and they never become a client because you never followed up with them or told them how to become a client. So there still has to be this other step after you've gone through the practice of finding these people to then make them a client and whatever that means for you. So for me, that means today I just sent out a bunch of emails. I added people to my email list. I went and found them on, on different social media platforms and followed them everywhere. I sent them messages. And so there's little tiny things that need to happen. And we know that after Clubhouse connections, a lot of the same thing. It's, it's the, you're in a space, you have the same energy with people, you're hearing their voice, you're connecting. A lot of us in here have connected a bunch of times. And when you connect with the person's message, you then go and follow them on Instagram or you follow them on LinkedIn or wherever else you interact and you get more connectivity there. The problem with being in person versus online is that a lot of the time it's easy for people to just say no to you online 
and keep it moving, right? Like <laughs> when you're in person in a conversation, you can really sit there and tell them, hey, this is what I do and I can demonstrate it to you right here. When you're in a conversation in a DM, people can just choose to put you on restricted and never look at you again, right? So it's difficult when you um, are really trying to manifest those online clients if you're not able to show up authentically. And so I think that this is something that Tasha talks a lot about. So I'm going to leave that part for Tasha to talk about because I really wanted to focus on the energetic connections and how to feel out different types of people to see if you connect with them. So. If you're here online and in these spaces, obviously tone, voice, message, all of these types of things. But also, I definitely go over to people's Instagrams and just scroll their feed to see if they're into the kinds of things that I'm into. And those are the people that I actually make sure I remember, hey, I got to go comment on their stuff later. Or right now, let me comment on some things so that I remember and this algorithm brings this person up again. So those are the kinds of things that I have been doing that have been really helpful because it's very easy to lose people. Now, the other thing that happens once I get people into my sphere that I've manifested is that I lose them, right? Because then I, if I don't have a client management system that's working for me. And so if you don't have a client management system that's working for you, that's one thing I would definitely say, put some time into that. And so I recently invested some time and some energy into several different ways to manage the connections that I'm making. And I'm going to, going forward, do a little bit of a better job making sure that they're all connected via Zapier. So so that when somebody encounters me in one area, they then can um, expect that they will be over on my email list, right? So if somebody encounters me in one place, like say Eventbrite for an event, I will automatically have them over on my email list. So those are other ways that I'm trying to continue to connect with people who are potential clients that have already manifested into my sphere, right? So those are the couple of things I wanted to start the conversation with and just frame for today. And then I'm going to open it up to anybody, but I feel like Tasha, you want to go because you already had Mike. So I'm going to just throw it to Tasha. And then after Tasha, it's like a free for all. Did I unmic? Was I? I think you were clapping. You were, you were clapping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Sometimes, you know, that's one of the biggest fears we have in Clubhouse is that I'm going to be doing something that nobody else should hear um, and be accidentally unmiked. Um, you had mentioned there would be something that you thought I would talk about and I didn't write down what that was. Can you refresh me what you thought I would be talking about with this? Oh, showing up, showing up authentically. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so there are a couple of things that I've found over the years in manifesting your ideal client that that are so crucial. One of them you mentioned, Wendy, the follow-up process is super, super important. And this tends to be a um, not a strength for extroverts, generally speaking, and not because that's that they're incapable, but because they're often so attracted and, and magnetized to more people that the follow-ups part doesn't is not as fulfilling for, for extroverts in general. But one of the things that I've learned and have, have been prioritizing in my manifestation practices across the board, but especially with you know ideal clients, is the preparation. And when I say preparation, yes, of course, the systems that you were talking about, but also preparation in my ability to do the thing that I want to do in that future version where I'm working with that client already. So for me, it's become a lot of embodiment practices. You know, this, these things that I'm teaching and these these ideas that I'm um, showing and telling people they can do, am I actively showing other people that I'm living that way? And for me, that's become about preparation because if I am daily living these concepts and living these ideals, 
it's going to be easier for me to be prepared to answer questions and to help get them to the next level of whatever they're working on in terms of the recovery journey from perfectionism and trauma and those things. And so preparation has, is actually my, my go-to method for manifestation. And this works on all forms, you know, on all levels, whatever you're trying to manifest, but preparation in all aspects, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, as well as financially and systems and processes wise. And so one of the things we do with our clients is we ask you to think about where you want to be. So in this situation, we'd be looking at what does your ideal client look like? What do they do? What are their problems? You know, the traditional conversation about identifying how you can serve them. And then looking at who do you need to be to be able to actually serve that person? Are you doing those things? Are you overextending yourself so that when that person comes into your life, you're too tired to notice that they're there? Are you overcommitted and can't follow up like you, like Wendy just described, because you don't have the systems in place? So are you prepared for the abundance that you're asking for? Are you prepared to have you know, maybe 10,000 more followers on Instagram or being invited to co-moderate or collaborate in all these different places so that you can reach more of your ideal clients. And this is the part that I think a lot of people miss out on in terms of manifesting your ideal client, the, the person or the people or the groups that you want to work with, they're all out there. There's 7.8 billion people in the world. So there's plenty of clients out there, but are you prepared to serve the ones you want to serve? And, and that's where I've really been focusing on. And then part of that, like you said, is that authentic self. And that's how few people feel safe and can trust you because people have a sense of someone who feels safe. When you are being your authentic self, you don't have to try as hard. You're not pushing and forcing. And like Jessica was talking about this morning in another room, you're not operating from these unhealthy masculine, unhealthy feminine energies. And it's much easier to help people see that you are someone who can serve them or, and this is the other part, let them sort themselves out of your path because not everybody is your ideal client. So I'll pause there because there's lots that we can talk about, but the preparation of being your authentic self in addition to preparing for your future version of yourself is really crucial in manifesting everything, including your ideal client. Yeah. And I think that that's the part of the showing up, right? Cause you're, you're really showing up for yourself first so you can serve other people. And like, that's where we get sometimes lost is we're like trying to serve other people and we're like, and I'm not doing the thing I'm telling that person to do. Um, so, hey, Rodrigo, or anybody else, any, feel free to jump in. It's just um, kind of get the popcorn style to us. Go ahead, Toya. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, so, one of the quotes from, like, I have a ton of quotes. Uh, okay. One of them is that when it comes to customers, sometimes we pick them, sometimes they pick us, right? So, there's a side of entrepreneurship where if you have, a clear understanding of who you want to serve, right? There's a strategic side to entrepreneurship. There's a going in position with a clear understanding of this is the profile of the people we want to serve, right? These are their needs. These are their wants. These are their aspirations. And this is how our products and services can meet, you know, their journey in terms of helping them achieve what it is they want to achieve. So there's a going in position, but there's also something over, you know, true experience over time that without you even trying, certain types of people will be attracted to you, your, your personality. And even though they may not fit into that profile, um, they just want to work with you. They just want to follow you. They just want to be around you. And that second group are groups that if we don't pay attention to them um we may be leaving money on the table because that group of people in you know when i do my own strategy you can actually start designing new products or new services for them 
<laughs> it's a it's a way of expanding your base because those people like you you don't know why but when you listen and spend time with them all of a sudden you can start seeing a gap that you can potentially help them fill. so so great topic in terms of you know i just love this is just a very very important topic so I'm, I'm super excited to be here i actually teach some strategies around this so not enough people talk about you know clients and customers and understanding them and seeing them because they are the ones that sustain the business venture anyway so thank you again i'm done speaking thank you so much for, for sharing that and uh, i, I want to you know further kind of move the point that yeah you know when we when we when we're out there with our with trying to find clients and this and that uh, like tasha said right we go out there and we serve folks right but it's also important to know where we go to find the folks that we want to serve uh, so for example with my practice I, I i do mediation but really what i love to focus on and what really is my passion is my co-parenting and consulting that i do with folks that are on their co-parenting journey and what I find is that, uh, especially in a lot of marginalized communities, I'm talking about black and brown communities, uh, you know, we don't have that kind of concept, that idea that it's okay to ask for help and X, Y, Z. So if I want to serve those folks, if I want to be the one that carries these conversations, I got to put myself in those spaces. And uh, one of the best things that's happened to me here on Clubhouse was when somebody heard my story and this was before I even had my business. I, I wasn't even thinking about this. I was strictly just a mediator. And, and she said, hey, you should come into my room and talk to the folks in my room about your story. And I did. And from there, that was the actual genesis of my business and where I found my purpose and where I found the folks that I really wanted to help. And so I think it's really important that when we are, you know, quote unquote, looking for clients, that, you know, we go A, with a intention of not getting people to pay us, but getting people that we want to serve that are going to pay us, right? But also B, going to those communities that we want to serve. And I think when we do that and we do that authentically, as Tasha was saying, you it's it makes your, you know, it makes that hunt so much more easier because you're not looking and you're also not, you're not looking for just anybody. And then B, you're also not getting just anybody. Uh, I, I, it's happened to me before where I get folks that quite honestly, I don't want to work with, you know, for X, Y, Z reason, whatever it is. And we, we get to a point where we have to choose, okay, do I really want to work with this client? You know, maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe I don't agree with this client. Maybe this client's not going to take what I give them the right way or this X, whatever the case may be. And so I think it's really critical that not only do we, you know, go out there and serve folks, but also serve the communities that we want to serve and go out there with good intentions, right? Nobody wants to be sold something and constantly marketed to or this and that. But if we show up authentically, we share our stories and we tell folks, hey, you know, X, Y, Z, that's when we can really uh, do the best job that we can to serve the communities that we're looking forward to. So I really appreciate Tasha and Antonia sharing uh, th those stories there. Anybody else on the stage want to share? I actually have been struggling with targeting my avatar because I'm trying to figure out what my avatar is. And sometimes, like depending on what you're doing as a service or product, you kind of like want to lean towards the mass. But then even though a lot of people can qualify, like we have a huge...
Hey Abraham, it's good to Sorry. see you. I love that. Sorry, my wife. Is I think you need to. I think you need to go make a picture. You gotta go make a picture. You thought I was recording a yeah. video. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm, I'm having I'm having a tough time with that because um, uh, I know that everyone wants to save money if they could, but I, I'm just trying to figure out like what what's like the clientele that I should aim towards which is why i haven't really pushed so hard on marketing like i've just been more focused on sales and then i love the whole um manifesting title that you guys have because it's it's technically marketing and prospecting and at the same time you're also trying to like you know move towards that direction because usually when you when you visualize and you use a lot of visualization your mind will start creating like a all the neurotransmitters going towards that direction like those are your desires your thoughts like if that's your focus it's gonna it's gonna come about because you're gonna start being more aware of things around you that will lean towards that target audience or that ideal uh, client so i think this is awesome and it's good because a lot of a lot of us doesn't really don't really have focus especially as entrepreneurs we tend to be everywhere right like we try to have meetings on this are we fixing that are we doing that are we doing this but if we get focused on like just one or two things a day or for the week or for the month or whatever your goal is to like double your income or to meet, lean t towards the goal that you're trying to get i think this um extreme focus of just manifesting your ideal cr uh, client is actually awesome so a lot of people see manifesting as like oh you know if we talk about comes about for me it's like focus like if you have your thoughts your desires and everything towards that one objective it's gonna come about yeah absolutely we talk about the continual action in this club a lot because it is part of the mix and i think when i mentioned that tasha that's when you started clapping it's you have to take the actual steps to do the actions but i, I think when you've first said something that also resonated with me too, Abraham, what you said about not knowing who your ideal client and wanting to appeal to the masses versus the ideal client. This is both in the business and the nonprofit sphere, a problem, and it becomes kind of a problem almost in the same way. So when you're looking for people to give you money, like donors in the nonprofit space, you're looking for people who connect to your cause, right? So they are passionate about wells in Haiti. That's what Tiffany does, right? So they're passionate about water issues and access. And so those people will resonate with messaging that goes to that passion. And it's the same thing with your ideal client. So for me, my, my ideal client is somebody who is a Latina entrepreneur or a woman of color who is working in a social impact venture. So that means this is a caring person. This is somebody who often gives to others, but doesn't always give to themselves. It's someone who is um, probably fairly well educated or has a professional reputation that's very um, advanced in their, in their field, whatever that is. And they want to step out and move into their own space. And so I've had to really be um, more cognizant of where are these women at, right? And so even yesterday, I was at an event called Bosses and Heels here in Houston, and it was a room full of these women, right? But I energetically did not, I was not in the space to show up. 
I had fun. I hung out with my friends. I met about four potential clients, but I had really meaningful conversations with those four potential clients, right? So where I could have worked the room, I could have met 20 women and maybe four of them would actually need my service. What ended up happening was I I was energetically drawn to these four random women for some reason um, and had really meaningful conversations with them. And it was it matched the energy that I had to put out because I didn't have the energy to meet 20 people yesterday. And I was real with myself about that. I, would, I didn't even have the energy to drink more than one drink. I had one drink and I was like, I'm done, guys. And my friends are like, let's party. And I'm like, nope. So you have to be honest with yourself about how you can show up when you're in those spaces and what you're showing up like. And if I'm not going to be able to show up the way I want to attract my ideal client, even though I'm there in the same space with them, I'm not going to put the effort out because it's going to be probably misguided effort. So I think that that's where Abraham, I would give you the example of going to the masses versus going to this very kind of more niche targeted um group of people that you're I prefer niche, need Wendy. your service like yeah no yeah. I, i'm not disagreeing with that i'm just having a hard time trying to get to that point so because mine is just anyone whose bill is over 150 credit score 650 and they're the owner of the home they qualify like every single house but i i i want to figure out a niche where it's more towards like my personality and uh the people that i normally serve and the problem is that when I look at my past clients, it ends up going from like one side of the spectrum to the other. So I'm like, this isn't good. So I guess I have to get to the point of like, what's a client that I love to deal with? And uh, I'm kind of just struggling with that and trying to figure figure out like, what's the niche for myself? Because, you know, anyone can get solar if you know if they just want to save some money and they have a credit score but for me it's like okay well who do i want to deal with and uh that's kind of like where i'm at with uh ideal client so i just love to be in this room and hear what everyone else says and uh kind of just gives me a couple ideas and just gets that that ball rolling in my brain and trying to figure out what what's perfect for me and Tasha, do you want to jump in? And then, okay, and now obviously Rodrigo, go for it. <laughs> oh, Rodrigo, do you want to go ahead? Uh, well, very quickly. So, so the one thing that I that's really helped my business out is that I always approach things from an educational standpoint and more of you know letting folks know what's going on, you know how my services, but blah, blah, blah. not necessarily trying to find that niche. But what I found is that there are people that need my services more than other folks, and so when I do that and I cater my pro my program to them and they know, hey, I'm here for you. I'm here to provide, you know, X, Y, Z, this and that. It, it, it resonates with them because they feel, hey, you know what, this guy understands me. And I think a lot of times when folks uh, uh, are, are to, uh, you know, especially in a new industry or something new, uh, for example, like you, you do solar, Abraham, not a lot of folks know about solar, right? And especially within our own communities, right? That might be somewhere or something where you say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna be kind of an educational tour de force regarding solar to my community. You know, introduce folks to, to solar. That, that's kind of been my approach when it comes to co-parenting, consulting, and coaching. Uh, folks don't never. I mean, there's really there's very niche. Not, not a lot of people have even heard of that. Uh, there's not that many folks like myself out there right now. But when it comes to my folks, you know, I really cater to uh, uh, the communities that I want to serve, and I let them know, hey, these are the services that you know that can happen. This is it, this and that. And it hasn't been in a salesy kind of way, but more of a educational kind of way. 
And when I show up to those rooms and I talk about my experiences and I talk about, you know, this and do that, it's always been in a way where the clients find me as opposed to for me finding the clients and establishing that relationship, engaging with them in a way where they feel like, hey, I want those services. Not necessarily that like I sold them the services. I, hopefully that helps out a little bit. I know Tasha wants to uh, provide some value as well regarding this conversation. Well, I was just clapping because that that's such an important part. One of the things that I was not good at for very long was being visible so your people can find you. And this is the other thing about manifestation. Instead of using the hustle and grind culture of like, I've got to go scour and work and you know grind out 15, 20 hours a day trying to find the people to sell them things. The other side of that is making sure that you're visible and people can easily tell if there's somebody if you're somebody that they want to to buy from right to invest with or or work with and so are you visible enough for your people to find you and i when i asked myself this question like a year ago a little bit over a year ago i was like well that's a big fat no and so it's a matter of using the social media tools obviously that we have um and making sure that you are visible so that your people can find you, so your ideal clients can find you. And part of that is knowing what your core values are. And this is a little bit of a, a steering away from conventional business practices where you're not supposed to have a personality, right? But we we all in this room know that that's not how business operates now. Now we know that to build the like, know, and trust factor, you have to actually, like Wendy said earlier, be authentic and be your full self. And so in addition to what Rodrigo was saying is about educating, introducing your concept and, and the concept behind solar to different communities that you can relate to. The other side of that, because I think you can approach this with, with in these two phases, educating and introducing this concept, but also going to places where people are more likely to already be interested in this. And so look for you know, communities that, are, that you're going to have a common interest in. If somebody is interested in solar, I'm making an assumption, but I would assume they're environmentally conscious, right? They they have an awareness of the lack of renewable resources that we have and, and those kinds of environments and those kinds of communities. So looking at, instead of looking at one-on-one, -on -one, what kind of organizations or what kind of um, other content creators even, whether it's on Clubhouse or other socials, are going to be talking about this that really matters to them, that this is going to be something they're passionate about because of the long-term effect of not using solar and the impact of having this as one of the ways that you make a positive contribution to, you know, environmental health and those kinds of things. And so looking for where those communities are already existing, where they're looking for an alternative that they don't, they don't necessarily have, that may be a, another avenue to explore, to attract your ideal client by being someone who has a solution that they're looking for. Um, in addition to educating and, and introducing the concept, but truly coming down to, what do you love to do? Like when you're taking your, your, when you're not working, what do you love to go do? Do you like to hike? Do you like to, you know, do you like to watch sports? Whatever it is you like to do, incorporate those things and go find the people within that thing that you already do. Cause that's a place where you can be authentic. That's where you can show up as your, as your natural self and start talking about your core values in those environments, not like a preaching teaching kind of situation, but just make it known what you stand for. And you're going to, again, attract the people who want to be around someone who's confident and has authority in what they are doing. And it's going to be a lot less of you having to find people and just being found. Wow. Thanks, Rodrigo. Thanks, Tasha. I appreciate that, you guys. So I got two key, key things that you guys said, and, and you're just overwhelming me with value and help, and I appreciate that. So from Rodrigo, 
look for the person that actually usually needs the most help, right? Like there's, it, you can help any, everybody, but the one that really, really needs it. And those are normally people that are like five to like $800 electric bills where it gets crazy. And um, those people are kind of, no matter like how much they make, they all tell me this is ridiculous. <laughs> so um, they're like, this is another car payment. So they, uh, that's like a big one that I've never thought about where I can just try to look for like how much are, how, why are they using that much? Like what exactly are they doing? Do they have a hot tub in a pool? Maybe I should target people that have that. And then Tasha with the hobbies, I'm like thinking of everything that I do outside of work. And, uh, I really appreciate your guys' insight and that kind of helped me out a lot. Thank you. Hey, can I add something? I'll let you know. No, ladies first. Go ahead, Jessica. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, Santi. Um, okay, so I'm listening to what everybody's saying, and I was in the shower and I was listening, and what kept coming up for me is um, in ritual practice for me in magic, working with magic and doing spell casting and whatnot, manifestation, the way we look at it is like it's an energetic alignment. And energy is a neutral force. So it doesn't know good, it doesn't know bad. Um, it's really about the intention behind the energy that you work with. And this goes for whatever deity, God, higher power you believe in, right? So if the intention behind it is to manifest your ideal client, um, the energy behind that is like, what are you investing into that, that container that would allow you to attract that client? And what I love about what you said, Wendy, is you knew where your energy was and it wasn't at the capacity to meet 20 people. It was at the capacity to make, meet four. So instead of you looking at quantity, you were looking at the quality of the conversation. And so therefore you built authentic relationships. And I think a lot of time when it comes to manifesting, people think it's just sitting down, writing stuff on paper and just saying like, this is my vision board of things that I want to accomplish. And yes, that's part of it. But a lot of times, as I said before, manifestation is also energetic alignment. And so when we're putting things out into the universe, it's the heart behind it. So what are you actually going to do to build that foundation to grow that manifestation? And so it's like planting those seeds into the ground. So that way, when you water them with the things, whether it's like going to networking meetings or it's meeting individuals who are in the same spectrum as you are. So obviously for me, I work in womb wellness, but womb wellness has so many avenues. I'm also a birth and postpartum doula. I'm a sex and intimacy doula. I'm also a spiritual worker. So there's a lot of things that I do in that kind of align with that. And one of the things that I had to do when it comes to my client, and we've said this a couple of times, is thinking about the person that I want to work with. And I'm really passionate about educating women about being empowered in their sex and sexuality through understanding their womb. And so I had to really think about what are some ways that I can make this accessible to those who are looking for it. Because everybody, for me, I find the minute you bring up sex and sexuality in a conversation, everybody's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or, oh, this, like, it's so much more than this is something that you should shy away from. So when I 
do my work and I work with my clients and I do like spiritual readings and whatnot, I realize that when I'm manifesting something or I'm trying to manifest a client or manifest a job or whatever, I have to think about the intention of it too. And my intention is, is obviously like I want to provide generational wealth to my family and provide resources, you know, for my family and also be able to have time and energy for my daughters so that way I can enjoy them because my mom was a single mom who worked a full-time job. Like I never saw her. And so there's all these things that I realized like my intention is to have financial freedom and, and stability for my children. So if that's like the heart of why I want to do what I want to do or a part of it, then how do I take those tiny steps to make sure that manifest? Because the thing is, is like what they say, like uh, faith without works is dead. And I know that that can be interpreted in so many ways. But the reality is, is that like, it's true. Like if there's something that you really want and you're just sitting there hoping it falls on your lap um, without making the conversations and connections, nobody's going to know you exist. So therefore, if they don't know you exist, they're not going to work with you. So it's, it's really sitting down and thinking, who do I enjoy having conversations with? Why do I enjoy having conversations with them? And what do I have to offer that can make an impact in their life? Thanks, Jessica. Appreciate that. Yeah, one thing um, I wanted to add, Abraham, you know, now that, so say for example, hypothetically speaking, you identify your ideal clients, right? These are the type of people you want to work with. You know, you have sort of like a feeder list or like a list of people that you kind of know who you're going to have that conversation with. Now it's the important of how to approach them because you did all this work to identify the people that you want to tackle. Now, you know, you want to think about the way I approach things is I always treat prospective clients how I want to be treated. You know, I definitely put myself in that mindset of, you know, what am I looking to get out of this conversation? What's it going to cost me? And what's, what's the, you know, what's the, the, I guess the catch. So just always treat people how they want, how you want to be treated. They feed off of that and people smell that upsell. You know, they, they're, they're already hesitant because who is this person? What are they trying to sell? You know, but you're coming at them with education. You're providing a lot of value without them even breaking out the checkbook at first. And I think that's one crucial thing that I do with, with my clients is that I'm just providing so much value to them. That it's not only, you know, helping me build a relationship. And I say this all the time. I'm not here to just go. Oh, he just went on the phone. Uh, Wendy, should I continue? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, that, I, again, I'm not trying to, to, to just gobble up clients left and right. I'm really looking to build relationships. Because at the, end of, at the end of the day, what us entrepreneurs have in common is that with our clients, we're getting just, you know, that client is going to lead to another client and so on, so on, so. So by, by providing that value where they're trusting you, they really like you, they're more likely than not when they hear that, hey, you know, I need this. Well, I'm going to talk to my, to, to my guy to give you a call because he was amazing. He was great, really took care of us. He didn't try to sell us anything that we didn't need. We didn't need. He was just, you know, very ethical. And that's what I really like. So again, just having that mindset of you're 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 not picking up clients, you're building relationships, you're taking you you're taking real cut out there.
I think, yeah, Santi, I think you cut out at the end, but it is, it, it, you guys are all saying such beautiful things. I think that Abraham, this is essentially the core of the problem too, for, you know, a lot of folks. So who do, who do you actually enjoy spending your time with? Because you can probably get money from just about anyone, right? Like I think any of us could see how other people that are other than our ideal client, ideal client could be clients. And I think to Toyin's point, well, those people might have products that are great for them, but it might not be the thing that we are selling right now and that we want to find our ideal client for. And so there's a lot of mix, uh, matching that needs to happen. And like Jessica reminded us, that's all energetic work, right? So those are the things that we're doing when we are trying to manifest our clients. And so I love this conversation. I know we'll go for like about to the top of the hour. And so I'm going to invite everybody who is listening. I'm going to reset the room really quickly. So this is our Money Mindset and Manifestation Monday room. I'm Wendy. I'm a coach for socially conscious entrepreneurs and people who want to make an impact through their business or their nonprofit. So if you are here, more than likely, this is some um, type of a thing that's important to you where you want to help other people. And so finding your ideal client means essentially that you are making a difference for somebody else. You are helping other people and you are you know, essentially changing the world because the things that you provide could actually be very meaningful and purposeful for somebody else's life. So we are here today and we're here every monday for money mindset and manifestation monday and this is uh, usually like i said it starts at 2 p.m eastern but you can come back on wednesdays and we'll be here at 4 p.m eastern for the social impact entrepreneurs collective and exactly like what you're seeing right now where folks are pouring into each other supporting each other through challenges and making sure that you have really solid advice from the community that is also what we carry into on wednesdays so i want to welcome everybody back for that conversation on wednesday it will be about income versus serving. So again, still continuing the same theme from this week. How are you looking for these clients? And when you find them, um, how are you dealing with those times when you're not actually making any income because you're really providing service to the people, but it's not necessarily getting you money that day. So that's one of the conversations that I wanted to have in this club. And if you were interested, I have a couple of free things going on. Um, you can click on my link and go over to the events and you'll see an event I wanted to tell everybody about before we leave. So at the end of the room, I'll mention what that's about. And um, just, yeah, a lot of free advice here. So make sure you follow everybody and you connect with other people. And if somebody really resonates with you, you connect in their back channel or on Instagram and ask for, you know, just just ask for them to be in your sphere. Maybe they know somebody who is your ideal client. So um, that's my reset. If anybody wants to talk, I'm gonna go first to one and welcome you. Hi, one. And um, anybody else who wants to connect and say hi or ask a question, feel free. Hey, Wendy, how's everyone doing? Um, appreciate um, bring, coming up to the um, audience, from the audience um, to the stage. Um, yeah, this is this is important topic, I, I guess. I'm, I've always baffled myself. When I worked for nonprofit, it was much easier to raise money because I was always focused on a cause other than myself. And when I would do my own business, it's always, I guess, it's, it's harder for me. Um, I guess because... The way I am, I always have a servant's heart, so I'm always want to serve others by helping, you know, different causes, whether it be raising money in church when I was growing up, or raising money for conferences uh, to bring more Latinos uh, students in the STEM field when I was in college, or um, you know, working with nonprofit organizations in the education field. So it was always a lot easier for me to raise money for other folks than it was for myself. So. Um, still working on it. Um, 
you know, uh, I'm doing my artwork for, uh, you know, for my family to build a legacy, to uplift the Hispanic community to my artwork. And um, so I, I am still piecing together my business. Um, as many know, um, or might not know, I used to have um, an, uh, I, a social media agency and I did everything in social media. And then when NFTs popped up, I quickly, like literally put on the emergency brakes and jump ship and went into my art because I've always wanted to sell my artwork. It just never knew how um, to sell my original digitals until NFT showed up. So for me, um, learning about this whole space and then now not only that, going now working backwards, like I still want to sell my prints, I still want to sell my wall art and all that other stuff. Um, trying to find my ideal client um, has been a journey in itself for the last, I guess, eight or nine months. And um, as of now, I'm just happy to share my artwork and people love it. They make great comments and I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for Santiago. He bought my first one of my first pieces. So that's cool. Uh, which is the Yankee one uh, I call Faceless Dynasty. Um, thank you, brother, uh, for that. Um, so just trying to... Uh, walk in my path of trying to figure out what it is that I really want to do at the end. Um, but at the core, it's um, to be able to sustain um, my family and be able to provide my daughter, who's going to be born in, in June, um, you know, the opportunities that I may not have been given. Though my parents did provide for me a lot and gave me a lot of opportunities, and I'm very grateful for that. So um, that's where I am right now. Thanks, Wendy. If I may, Miss Wendy, is it popcorn? Yes, style? absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Mr. Doc Rico, how do I say your name? I don't want to mess oh, it up. Oh, I said Doc Rico or Juan or, you know, either one. Okay. Okay. So, I, I mean, I see your heart. Okay. And there are some mindset exercises I, I help my clients through and a template. So, let me just share a few things. If we are focused on what we are taking from people versus what we are giving to them, then you're a giver, not a taker, <laughs> right? Like we care, we care, we give in the world of not-for-profit. In fact, in my, my step, I say, if you do one, two, three, four, you don't do five, you've just done charity, meaning you've created value, but you've not asked for value in return. And there's a whole different business model. Like the world of charity is a business model. Right, you're bringing value to people that cannot afford the cost of creating that value. So you have to you have to rely on other people to cover that cost. The difference between that world and entrepreneurship is that the person you give that value to is responsible for covering the cost of creation of that value. So I think from a mindset standpoint, you just have to shift from what you're taking from people to what you're giving people. And the key actually is it's about value. And the value you're actually going to be offering people is actually greater than the price attached to it. So in branding, I always say like value has to be greater than price because if price is greater than value, you're overpriced. People would say the value you're bringing to me, you're, you, you can't command more price than the value you're creating. So value always is greater than price. Like when we buy, like if, if you buy like a luxury product or 
um, a car, BMW or anything like that. The value of those cars to us, the reason it commands a certain price is that the value to us is actually greater than price. The moment the price is greater than the value, nobody is buying again. So that's the first thing in terms of just that internal positioning of focusing heavily more on what you're bringing to them than the cost or the money. So that's one. The second thing I would say is we are all consumers. We all, Dr. Rico, you are a consumer. I am a consumer and we buy what we, we only buy what we need, want, um, desire, things that help us achieve your goal, our goals. The same thing is going to be true for the people you're serving. They're going to be buying what they need, what they want, right? something that they desire from you. So the key of entrepreneurship, mindset of an entrepreneur is laser focused on service. It's service first, and you already have that heart. So if you can just, at least that's what I do, and that's what I teach is that if we focus heavily on applying empathy to our potential clients, understanding them, seeing them through the needs of their needs, their wants, their aspirations, their dreams, their hopes, their desires, and then being able to map to say, how can I serve them in achieving their purpose? And it comes at a price. I am helping and serving them to get closer to their dreams, hopes, and aspirations by bringing this value to them. So I'm making their life better, right? And it comes at a price because if they cannot afford this value, then you give it free, which is the world of charity. But if they can afford the value, then absolutely. So I hope that helps, but there's a whole lot of, you know, I, I understand. I understand. We, I come from a faith standpoint. This is the struggle, right? Is that we will give, we would, we will give everything anyway, but, but that's not entrepreneurship. The world of entrepreneurship commands value in exchange for creating value. Thank you so much. I'm done speaking. Thank you, right? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I really appreciate what you said uh, about value, um, and, and and the way you said the way you set it up, price versus value, and because um, with my social media, I, I understand the value, and I can easily sell that. With my artwork, I was trying to figure out what value. Besides having a beautiful painting in your house, what value might bring into the table? And I haven't really been focusing on that because I've just been focusing on my art lately and then just making sure people know who I am. And I, um, I'm trying to transition into the other place, uh, more of the business mind. And, and what you just said helped me understand a little more uh, of what I need to do with the language I use um, and how I want to help others uh, with my artwork in one way or another. And um, one thing I, I just thought about right now is that, you know, um, I want to help young collectors collect artwork. And I myself am a, a starting to be a collector, and I'm trying to see how I can bring value to the community by helping those who have never collected learn how to collect, as I'm also learning how to collect and drawing at the same time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit on this, and I'm going to, meditate and I'm going to start writing some stuff out as to creating how I can bring value to uh, to folks through my artwork and what I do. But I do appreciate what you said because it really has given me some better understanding. Yes, the key as you do that exercise, here's the key. 
step away from your own emotions. Like really, like forget yourself. <laughs> like this is not about us, right? Like remove what you need. Because a lot of times as entrepreneur, it's an emotional journey for us. I mean, no doubt. But we're going to do this assignment really well. We're going to do it better if we don't think about what we want, what we need, how we, you know, like use that energy and that superpower on the people we're serving. So, for example, ask this question, why do people buy at work? Right? Like remove yourself from that conversation. Why do people invest in millions of dollars of hard work? What does it do to them? What does it do for them? Why? If you can answer that question, that's where the money is. If you can dive into why people may pay millions of dollars and they fly all over the world and they do bidding wars to, to collect something and keep it in their possession and right? If you can unlock the answer to that question there's no limit to what you can sell to them but as long as it's about me like as long as i'm thinking about me what i want money all of those things it's it's we're blocking the flow it's about them what lively what life do they want to live that's even what drives the world of luxury as, as well luxury doesn't make sense but luxury is saying, you want to smell this way, I'll sell you perfume. You want to feel this way, I'll sell you a shoe that has red bottom. You want to carry this type of ad bag, I will service your desire because you want to be perceived a certain way in your society. So I will serve you. And then guess what? I'll command the price in exchange for serving you. So I think the exercise you want to do, just the key is it's just remove yourself from that and just ask simple questions about them why do people like curiosity empathy will help you do that exercise and you all of a sudden when you when when the answers are before you be like oh mm. then why not my heart my heart will service them in that way and then the language of marketing comes even when you do that exercise as well so thank you again i'm done speaking I always love your content, Toy and Toy. I was just on your Instagram. I'm like, yeah, you're so clear about your message. And so it's really an inspiration. So thank you for being here. And I wanted to close up the room in a couple of minutes. I'm going to put the link up for the event that I was talking about as I do that. But I wanted to give people a space to still talk about this. So if you want to come back, we can always have part two to this conversation next week because it seems like this is going to be something that maybe has a lot of parts to it, a lot of moving parts, and we might want to have more than one conversation. So I'll schedule a second one for next week. And if anybody is here and you want to come back, when you see that go up later today, just click the little icon to put it on your calendar and then come back for that conversation next week. Because I think it's important to dig into some of these other topics that we had going on in the conversation in the chat, like values and um, working with people who have the same values and things like that. So there's a lot to be said here. And I just wanted to thank you guys all for being here. This has been a wonderful conversation and a lot of thought went into, I think everything everybody asked or said. So I really appreciate how much you guys have shared for free with everyone in the community. This is such a wonderful collective. So if you're not part of the club, please join the club. We actually had 777 members today. So it was a very, sorry, it's a very exciting day. I was like, Rodrigo, we have 777 members. And last time I looked, it was like 500. So I feel like we've gotten up in how many people come to this club. And what we try to do here is have these types of authentic conversations. 
and we use them as a podcast. So if you haven't encountered us yet on Spotify and on Apple, we are the Social Impact Level Up podcast. So same thing as the club. Go over there and follow us in one of those places. But if you are interested, come to this webinar on, uh, I think it's the 4th of April. I'm going to be talking about building social enterprises. So all of the stuff that we're saying today about impact and how you're serving your clients and what you are doing, I'm going to go over how you turn that into not only the infrastructure for your business, but also the backbone for your marketing. So I'll be translating a couple of things from my grant world into, um, into how this works for businesses. And it'll be an interesting conversation. Just want to encourage you guys to come to that. And I'm going to let anybody else who's on the stage, if you want to say anything else, feel free to take a minute to say any other points. Love the growth that we've experienced, Wendy, uh, really, you know, just kind of uh, being consistent, right? And being our authentic selves. I, I, you know, authentic gets such a bad rep. Everybody overuses the word. But <laughs> when, when it comes to this stage here, we, we really are entrepreneurs, you and I, and we both have the, the yearning to make sure that we do something with that spirit. And so, uh, you know, when we, uh, when, and really, you know, you decided, hey, I want to make this club up and let's team up and this and that. I really didn't know what was going to happen. But again, manifesting your ideal client means also manifesting your ideal audience, your ideal community. And I feel like that's what we've been able to build here with uh, the folks that are in both here on stage that have followed us, that are here in the room as well, making sure that we all have that same spirit when it comes to building our businesses, manif manifesting what we want and creating the social impact that we hope to be able to, uh, to make. So I just want to commend you for the vision and just uh, thank everybody for being here on stage and for consistently showing up and making sure that we have these authentic conversations. Because at the end of the day, uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur, we, we all struggle at some point. Okay. We, we, we don't know the right things to do. We, we, we're stuck in a rut. We are having something going on that maybe we don't understand, but by being a collective and getting together, there might be somebody else that's already gone through that and can help each other out or somebody that has a program that will be able to assist us in one way or the other. And so I'm really happy to be a part of this community. And again, thanks to everybody that's helped us grow. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks to Tasha and Santi for always rolling in and being wonderful co-hosts with us for this effort. And yeah, this is just a genuine space for people to connect. So I hope that you guys are also connecting out of this space, but make sure that if you do need something, um, you know, you reach out to one of us to have that support. So Rodrigo and I are always available via DMs. You can just reach out and we'll be happy to, um, to support you outside of this space as well. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Social Impact Level Up podcast. For me, Wendy V, and my co-host, Rodrigo Bravo, we sincerely appreciate your follows, your likes, your subscribes, and your shares. Make sure that you're reaching out to us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day, and remember, keep changing the world.